Hello and welcome to Swiftly Spoken, a fan-made Taylor Swift podcast in which we break down her lyrics, deep dive into full album retrospectives, and theorise about what may be coming next. As always, we are your hosts Cameron and Lisa, and in this episode we're going to be giving our reactions to the standard 13 tracks of the Midnight's album, as well as breaking them down and ranking our top 5. Okay, so we're going to go through each of the Midnight's tracks in order. So we're going to start off with Lavender Haze. So what was your first thoughts on Lavender Haze? Obviously, this is the opening track, so it kind of sets the scene for the rest of the album. And yeah, what was your initial opinion on it? We've got to keep in mind here, let's set the scene for everyone, that we are waking up at a very, very early hour in the morning to react to this. So my first thoughts upon hearing Lavender Haze, firstly, it hit me like a truck because... Yeah. We had no idea sonically what this was going to sound like. Mm-hmm. So I did feel a little bit overwhelmed. And I have to say that until my recent re listenings to the album, that Lavender Haze wasn't a favorite at first. Like, I, I kind of wasn't into really? it. Really? Which I know is very unpopular opinion since people are absolutely loving this song. And I get it, like, for good reason. I enjoy it much more yeah. now. But as, like, the first moment of listening to this album for me it was it was very overwhelming i think is the word yeah yeah it is it is quite hard i think yeah like waking up so early and listening to an album it's like not the best time to listen to an album like 5 a.m in the morning when you're Mm. very sleep deprived (laughs) barely slept um but yeah no i think I think I had similar feelings i did quite like it on first listen it was more like okay this is good yeah it felt very lover initially on first listen i was like gosh this feels like a lover track like really really was giving me lover vibes but i did i did generally really enjoy it on first listen oh yeah Mm. i was kind of like oh this is really cool one thing with lavender haze i did quite like was i did quite enjoy the bridge um with the kind of talk your talk and go viral i just need this love to spiral i don't know i just quite liked the fact that taylor kind of referenced the fact that the relationship is so heavily talked about in the media and there's this constant oh uh, you know, they're, they're going to get married, they're going to get married, you know, and I quite like that fact that she kind of referenced that. And even when she was talking about the album um, pre the release of Midnight, she kind of referenced that, that, you know, she's in this relationship that is just heavily discussed in the media and there's just ridiculous rumours. So I quite like that kind of reference. And I did generally enjoy Lavender Haze upon first listen. And like you've said, throughout listening, it's definitely grown on me a lot more and has kind of moved up the my kind of ranking of the album but yeah on first listen it was like, okay this is a lot to deal with we're now back in pop taylor right. we've come out of the woods you know we're now back in kind of pop era but i did enjoy it i did generally quite enjoy it and yeah i thought it was kind of a good opener definitely now yeah and i like the like meet me at midnight that was really cool the kind of start like meet me at midnight and then she kind of got into the track that was i was like oh this is really cool i love a good kind of concept album and a good you know concept kind of like okay we're going to start off like meet me at midnight and then get into the album that was cool that's true and i i do agree with you uh in the fact that it does sound a bit like a lover song i know there's been a lot of remixes of i think he knows which is one of my favorites from lover yes. with lavender yes. haze uh yeah for me like i said it was more of a grower but now that it has grown on me i'm finding myself liking it more and more with each listen mm. and it, it yeah i think it perfectly encapsulates the sound that you're about to be pushed into and you do almost feel like you yourself are entering the haze of it all it feels like a very yeah. hazy song the haze itself can feel claustrophobic it can feel overwhelming but as taylor is describing it it's a very comfortable haze that she's in like mm. 
And I also love those bridge lyrics, like talk your talk, say whatever you want to say. I am in my lavender haze. So yeah, definitely yeah. agree with you. And like I said, this one was more of a grower for me, but definitely sets the scene in a perfect way. I agree. Yeah. And do you think, because obviously these are uh, midnights scattered across Taylor's life, do you think this then, this is a midnight, say, like early reputation? Oh, I thought that this was more of a present ambiented song, to be oh, honest more of a with present. you. Yeah, yeah, considering that she does, I mean, the most recent things in her life are the scrutiny towards her her relationship and a lot of people constantly commenting on the engagement exactly like whether or not it will happen it won't happen it should happen it shouldn't happen so i felt that this one was probably most the the, one of the most present ambiented song in my opinion but no i do agree with you i do agree i guess anytime really throughout their relationship is a their relationship but yeah interesting okay so the next track is track two which is maroon so obviously this one had quite a lot of i was this one was one of the ones that i was most intrigued to listen to i think because of the way that taylor announced it wearing the red ring obviously it's kind of slight reference to the color red obviously maroon i was like okay are we getting another red track like what's Mm. what's happening and i this track on first listen i loved like generally i was like this is so cool i loved the kind of dark it had this kind of dark, well, hence the maroon, you know what I mean? Like a darker red element. I just loved it. What was your kind of first opinion on hearing it? Yeah, I agree with you completely that coming off of Lavender Haze, like I said, I wasn't complete. I think I was still, I needed a, a moment to wake up. But then we got into maroon. Wake up, yeah. Your eyes were still yeah, like, <laughs> were asleep. Are we, yeah. Is this real? And then I got into maroon and I was like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Just like when that morning came, when the morning came in the beat, it hits you. It's just, oh, the levels of the semantic field of just the color red that she gives us is just absolutely amazing. Mm. Scarlet, the wine, the burgundy, rubies, the the sky, and then all leading up to maroon, which as you said, just in itself, the fact that this song is literally track two, just like red was, and it is red, but tinged with all the darkness of it, of looking back and and saying, actually, no, that was pretty, you know, it was pretty bad, actually. It wasn't just burning red. Yeah, it was pretty toxic colour. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, because that's what has been always interesting is Taylor's reference of the colour red and that red is love, like, you know, like Valentine's Day, like, you know, love hearts, red, that kind of thing. But red is also warning and danger. Mm. And I think then what's quite interesting is she's added another thing of like, it's darkness as this kind of maroon kind of like dark color that's that it's just a different layer she's added a different layer i think to the color red and definitely time in her life and that kind of topic that she discusses so no i really really loved this track and the bridge oh my god i best, love best that part bridge. for me again i agree with you that it's just the strength and the oh the, the way that she sings that bridge like she's literally she feels it so much and i think oh it's you can you can hear it in her voice you can really mm. you can almost picture her singing it definitely yeah definitely it's I, I really do think this is the first song of something that we're going to see throughout the album, which is the effects of her re-recording and rehatching all of these emotions now that she is in a comfortable place to be able to look back and seeing them through the point of view of being in a mature relationship and in something that is much healthier and the way that yeah. she's looking back and like, wow, the mark that you left on me. Wow. It's, it's just so good. I'm, I'm... Yeah. I love it. I literally, I just replay that bit over and over again, the bridge. I just absolutely adore it. And what's quite interesting is the clean version. 
Yes. Um, because obviously the explicit version is that's a real fucking legacy, which I just love the way she says mm. it, just mm. the grit in the way she says it. But then I love the clean version, which is that's a real lasting legacy. Yes. Which also has the same kind of oomph. Like it doesn't have the same like kind of shock factor of saying the F word, mm. but it does still have that kind of like, yeah, that was like, a, you really, really you like hurt me. You generally have made a massive impact. And looking back on it, I realized how strong that impact was. Mm. And I guess maybe that's why the darker color is more intense. And maybe that's the kind of darker, stronger impact of the red. It wasn't just red, it was maroon. Yeah, you know what I mean? It kind of like, it's just really that interesting. much darker that it lasts for that much. And I guess maroon, I kind of do associate more with like deeper blood and a stain like the wine on yeah. the t-shirt but i find it yeah. so interesting how the color red has evolved throughout her her lyrics like obviously we had red and then we had the other reference in lover where it's like in it daylight, wasn't red yeah. it's golden but after re-recording red coming back to this it just oh, it's just so poetic in the way that she revisits it but gives it this new spin mm. once again yeah. See, what's quite cool as well is that obviously the whole theme is midnight, mm. and obviously midnight is dark. So it's almost like red at night. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like maroon. It's darker, and I just, I, I just love it. I really. You can definitely really picture like a darker sky, like a maroon sunset yeah. leading into the night. Um, yeah. And the effects, the lasting effects that it, it, it's had on her, and it has on the night sky, and that definitely, oh, so good. Okay, so next is Antihero, which is quite interesting because um, I guess we should have really known that this was going to be the single because Taylor talked quite a lot about it. Mm. Um, and like, because obviously she had did Lavender Haze, Antihero, and Snow on the Beach. They were the three that they did the, she did the um, kind of extra videos for chatting about. But anyway, so Antihero, I was quite intrigued to listen to because obviously she said about how it was kind of about self-pity and realizing and feeling that she's not really a person um so i was like oh okay this is really interesting and uh, first listen great first listen i loved it i loved the kind of more pop element um it definitely is the single it's you know what i mean when you listen to the album you're like mm. yeah that's the single yeah so how did you feel on first listen well it definitely surprised me because when she's kind of describing it to you and she's like yes this is this guided tour through my insecurities and some of the things that really go yeah. on in my head and i was thinking oh my god it's going to be such a, a stripped back kind of song track five this should be track in, five in a yeah. way yeah but she does it so well where it's kind of like she tells you all these things and then she kind of like just laughs it off like oh it's fine though which yeah. kind of is the irony of the song, right? But no, like you said, mm. it works perfectly as like a lead or a first single. It really does. It carries this album, I think. It shows you the vulnerability of a lot of the lyrics in this album and shows you how shockingly oh, yeah, confessional it is. But at the same time, it's just a bop. Like you said, it's just pop. It just, mm. it, it's, yeah, it, it really carries the themes of this album very well. Yeah. Yeah, one of my favourite lyrics is the kind of I'll stare directly at the sun but never yes. in the mirror. I've got that I written down as well. Kind of visual. It's it's so it's just so sad. Like that's such a sad you know what I mean? The fact that you would prefer to basically torture yourself by looking at the sun and hurt your eyes than you would look at yourself. I just think that's so sad that someone like Taylor feels that. And then the bridge oh my god that was like a shock i was like oh gosh this is mental and then like she's laughing up at us from hell um which is <laughs> such a cool kind of it, i just love it it's i really just really so love this song. taylor this song is very it's her quirkiness yeah. bleeding into it it's but the catchiness of the high i'm the problem it's me 
it yeah. it really works well but then you get like you said i'll stare directly at the sun but never in the mirror it must be so exhausting always rooting for the anti-hero yeah. oh so good yeah it is it is good it is i really and then i guess the uh, then the music video mm. and but what was quite interesting is obviously that it is so sad like if you listen to the lyrics it's really sad and it's really like are you okay you know what i mean like is everything yeah. all right and i wasn't too sure how the music video was going to go down but then the fact that even in the music video she makes very like all these topics that are quite sad and quite are quite heavy makes it quite light-hearted and that's almost like the song if you just were listening along in the radio and weren't really paying attention to the lyrics you're probably like, oh this is a fun song yeah and then you listen to the lyrics and oh my god this is really sad you know what i mean like oh gosh it really is so, no, I, I really do love it yeah and it really like i said it sets the tone for midnight's pretty well she's laying bare a lot of things like a lot of confessions that if they were set to a different kind of production and a different kind of sound you might actually like really get scared off like this is very deep mm. but um yeah. because it's set to a, a certain sound it does shift it where you have to be concentrated and be like oh wow you know she just said that her depression makes her feel like you know she she goes through all of these moments yeah the graveyard of, shift yeah, yeah thinking of these i people love that lyric that i think she's, that's really cool yeah all of these ghosts from her past is yeah it really it also brings up another big theme in the album which is like the effects that fame has had on her in her yeah. personal life in her public life as well like how how much size she takes up in a room yeah one thing that was a little bit of a shock was the sexy baby lyric first yes. listen i was kind of Oh, that was a bit like what you know like every sometimes I feel like everybody is a sexy baby i was like what that's such a i was like what is this lyric and then obviously with kind of understanding the reason for it and that it has mm. other meanings what's the film again that it's part of I, I can't remember off the top of my head but yeah the, the fact that it's kind of a reference on the male gaze um and then kind of men's weird obsession with girls acting younger um is very interesting rather than just sexy. I was like, that's a really random way of describing people as sexy baby and I'm a monster. But um, now I find it quite a fun lyric and it's kind of gone a bit viral, that lyric. Like everyone's kind of joking about with it, but understanding mm. its real meaning. Yeah. So I believe it's 30 Rock. Oh yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. But other than that, yeah, I, I kind of, even when I listened to it the first time, it is a shock to the system because, it, but that's the point, like the, the contrast mm. between those two words, like they shouldn't be used together, but it's true. The pressure yeah. that especially women have to look and act this childlike way, you know, you can't have one wrinkle, you can't look, you know, any older than 17 mm. or 18 because no one will want you. And I I get that. Sometimes I also feel like everybody yeah. is a sexy baby and I'm a monster on the hill. And the monster on yeah. the hill. So, yeah. But no, I did that that lyric was a bit of a shock on first listen, I'm not gonna lie. But I've kind of grown to really love it now and it's quite good fun. And another bit that I quite enjoyed about um the song as well is that we she kind of very slightly um because obviously previously with like like Taylor singles, what with like, we're never ever getting back together. Look what you made me do. Mm. Um, me, we have the kind of talking. She like talks in the bridge slightly. Yeah. And with Antihero, she kind of does that like, kind of more like it's me right right like towards the end end of the bridge after she does the yeah everybody um, agrees it kind of breaks down agrees. a bit and, yeah everybody yeah. agrees with like a snake hiss yeah um and then and then she's like it's me hi and so i quite liked the kind of return back to the kind of lead single having a talking bit in the bridge which was quite cool i was like oh this you know i mean we've we've kept the tradition which is good but no, I really loved Antira, and I think that, well, it's doing really well as a single, it like really, really, is. really well. I think she's done um, a brilliant job marketing it. I think it's like the challenge of the I'm the problem. The it's challenge. Me. And the 
It's really it's good. It's the most TikTok perfect kind of song ever. Like, yeah. Because, you, like, that little bit of I'm the problem, it's me, that's all I've really seen on TikTok for the last couple of days. Um, and, yeah, that challenge is just perfect. So they've done a really good job of kind of marketing it. Um, and, yeah, and I think it's a great lead single. Out of all of them, definitely the lead single. Like, upon first listen, it made total sense why that was chosen. Okay, so next is Snow on the Beach featured mm-hmm. Lana Del Rey. And would it be bad if I said worst song on the album? No. <laughs> Don't go there. I'm really sorry. I'm <gasps> no. really, really sorry. Listen up. Yeah. Don't be saying that. Um, right, so I'm a defense squad this this for this song. So, right, yeah. there's a lot to be said for this song, right? I think we should start off with the elephant in the room or the person who wasn't really in the room for too long. In the room. <laughs> yeah, so Lana herself. Obviously, a big thing that everyone's talking about is that even though Alana is a feature, she has been relegated to more of a backing vocal type of feature, yeah. which we thought we kind of have had headed away from with the Phoebe Bridges. Nothing new. She got such a big part in that song. And now to go back to more of a, you know, you're there, but you're not really you there. You're all over me, Marin Morris yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Which I have... It's just I, the thing that I never understood understand is that it's like then you have cowboy like me with marcus mm. mumford on it and it's who not you can hear so clearly and he's not deemed a feature i know it's so weird because you can hear him just as much as you can hear maron morris and lana del rey but he's not deemed a feature when those two are it's it's, it's it's strange it is strange but and i think that's the problem with it i felt like a, i'm not a, you know what i mean i'm not like a hardcore lana del rey fan i've listened to a couple of songs here and there and enjoy a couple of songs here and there mm. um but i was just felt a little bit cheated and a little bit disappointed right because i was like oh that's really exciting taylor's such a massive fan of lana del rey this lana del rey this must be such a moment for her to feature with her and it just kind of felt like i was just kind of like oh that's such a shame you know what i mean because mm. it could have really been a moment if those two properly had a like a nothing new phoebe bridges kind of feature and the way that they play each other off especially in the bridge of nothing new is so gorgeous and so clever and their vocals just like sync perfectly mm. and i was hoping kind of for a similar thing here with that snow on the beach and it just i don't know i felt a little bit let down i think that's maybe why i'm being a bit harsh i understand a lot of people you know they did have like did think the same thing especially when they first listened to it and they was like oh wow you know, it's more of, it's not really the biggest of features that she's given. Mm. I have heard people listen through, I think it was the spatial audio tracks. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. You can hear her much clearer in those tracks, which is Mm. nice to listen to. However, I can excuse it uh, because the lyrics are just amazing. The production is absolutely beautiful. It sounds like snow Mm. falling. Jack, you did so well uh he did so well it sounds like snow is falling yeah. it has the little like jingle bell evermore sounds to it and i do really think like lyrically it's so folkmore it is really really folklore evermore yeah, level 100%. of lyricism in my opinion it's beautifully written uh the words that she uses in it like who would ever sing aurora borealis green in a song it, that's the thing. It is so gorgeous. The only thing that I would say is weird, but fucking beautiful. I don't know something about it. Just I wish that she the clean version was the standard because I actually prefer right. that. So in the clean version, it's weird, but it was beautiful. It's beautiful. I just I think that's just because so, it it's such a gorgeous song mm. that the f bomb just kind of like 
is a little bit whiplash. I think that's my problem. I think I just, I think maybe, I think over time I'll definitely grow to appreciate this song. I'm probably massively regret saying it's the worst song on the album. No, I mean, and, but we've we, when we're classifying these things and when we do talk about our opinions, obviously there are personal preferences that everyone has, and yeah. I think we can both say that when we say like our least favorite on the album it's not that it's not a good song it's just that through oh no it's a great song i love it and i've listened to it but yeah for me i don't know it's not giving it unlike songs like maroon like we've said right just just constantly want to go back to yeah it's just not hitting for me i am the defense squad for a couple of songs i know that today but we'll we'll get to them but oh no we'll get to them soonish yeah but um yeah i do really like this song just because i do find the lyricism is so Evermore-ish, like it's, it it mm. kind of could have been written around. To be fair, Evermore. you've got some titans of lyricism lyrics. Yeah, sorry. you've got I mean, Lana, Taylor, Jack, Jack you know all together I mean? in the same room. Well known. It's just yeah. like every some line for me lyrics. really works. Like life is emotionally abusive, and time can't stop me mm. quite like you did. Oh my gosh! And then obviously stars by the pocketful. Who comes up with that? Who just says that? And the thing is, I didn't even realise it did snow on beaches until um, you never think about the video, it. Video, they're like you just never. Yeah, think about it. I've never really thought about it. <laughs> but it's interesting that it actually does happen because I didn't realise that happened. So I learned something new as well that it does actually snow on beaches because I thought, oh, that's a really gorgeous lyric because that must be so rare. But it does happen. Is one of Taylor's ways of describing something like that's actually like, you know, so normal and something that I guess happens on a daily basis or a seasonal basis in this case, but she describes it with such wonder that it is so like delicate. It's so like dainty how she's describing it. And like I said, with yeah. that production, the snow falling, it, for me, it is really, it's not in my top five though. I am defending it a lot for, for it not to be in my mm. top five. But I do think it is nice. And it, I think it was built up quite a lot when people didn't hear that feature that they may have wanted. It was a bit striking, yeah. Next is track five, which is obviously a very infamous Taylor track placement because obviously track five is has always been the kind of most sad, vulnerable song on the album is placed there. And for Midnight's, that track is You're On Your Own Kid. So obviously it has had a lot to live up to with some titans of track five. You've got, you know, My Tears Ricochet, All Too Well, Dear John, you know, some pretty big old tracks in there to compete up against. And personally, I do like this song. I do like it. But I don't know. It just didn't feel track five. Yes. So I am here to convince you that this song that it is a track is a track five, five. yes I, I i've come prepared i've come with receipts because <laughs> there's not another song on the album that i think would take its place okay. but for me i just i don't know okay. i just felt a sense of oh this doesn't feel track fivey firstly as you say there's not really a song that could replace it i don't think on this album i was thinking perhaps labyrinth because that is very yeah. emotionally bare shall we say but we'll get to that yeah something that you've already just said is that there's so much pressure behind a track five. She must feel absolutely full of anxiety when it comes to placing something that is going to be so highly scrutinized by... Oh, yeah, your... and compared exactly. to all of her previous work. You know that maybe the whole album won't be compared, maybe a track opener won't be compared, at least not in the same way, but you know that that track five has kind of been put to this status of, like... It... I mean, the last track five that we got recently... 
is all too well and the all too well 10 minute version which heightened it even more so you're already kind of setting yourself up to this amazing standard however i think that we can classify this track five as the second type of track five so in our track five episode we kind of spoke about how the first lot of track fives like basically until 1989 were very vulnerable and emotional because they were breakdowns of relationships or of really raw moments of ending something whereas from delicate onwards they kind of explore different things different types of vulnerability and i think that's where you're on your own kid comes in it explores yes a very different kind of vulnerability it explores i mean really for me it feels like that this track five is kind of wrapping its arms around all of the previous track fives and being like it's okay it's gonna be okay and that's how i kind yeah. of come to terms with it as like yeah i i can see it I love that kind of bridge slash ending where it says, like, make the friendship bracelets. I really, really do love that bit. I think, again, it's one of those ones that's really, really going to grow on me and maybe hasn't just hit me. I think, like you said, I think there's so much hype around these kind of ones. It just wasn't maybe what I was expecting. And where do you think as well that this is placed in terms of the scattered across her life? Where do you think you're on your own, kid? I'm feeling that it would be more of a recent one because it's definitely... And that's what's so touching about this song, I think, for me as well. We're going back in from right to the beginning, right? And you're seeing her in all of these pivotal moments in which she's comparing herself to everyone around her and feeling inferior to them. In a classic track five kind of situation, you're searching for someone that you care so dearly about and then you you get to them at a party or in this case, the setting is at this room full of people that you think are kind of cooler than you and then you get there and Mm. you realize oh they don't care about me like they're with someone else or they just really don't care about your presence which is excruciating in itself and then we get like the music industry part of it um i think i do think it's more you realize that there's hundreds of million hundreds of millions of other people that want the same job as you to be a singer exactly and how lucky that your dreams aren't rare and i guess the bridge kind of sets it more in the future where she's seen all of the things that she did which again excruciating lyrics i hosted partied i hosted parties i starved my body like i'd be saying yeah see that was i was yeah mm. that was really sad yeah and i do think probably just because of the jokes weren't funny i took the money i think that maybe we're situating this probably just after her leaving big machine mm. bridges burned yes. pages turned maybe a, a bit further in the future lover era perhaps when she was kind of looking back and being like you've got to look you know you've got to enjoy these moments even though you know well yeah maybe when her masters were sold as well like mm. you know you've yeah i think it's it is yeah because it's almost like she's talking back to herself it's almost like a kind of never grow up yeah kind of thing of like kind of looking back and looking back on your life and then almost talking back to yourself or your younger version being like you can do it you'll be fine you know yeah i don't know um and i feel really bad being like didn't stick out to me in terms of track fives and i don't think it's her worst i do not think it's Mm -hmm. her worst right that belongs to another song about someone that with a bow and arrow 
but <laughs> personally it's not my favorite um i'm gonna get so much hate um but it's not my favorite no. i think what? unfortunately when you're up against titans like tolerate it and my taste ricochet I I, 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 again i maybe you're on your own kid in a couple of months i'm gonna be like i'm such an idiot who was i why did i think that mm-hmm. it's the best song ever it's no. her best track five I think... all too well can sit down you know no i but think it's I don't definitely know, I a just... very different track five she took in a different direction and apart oh, yeah. from that again like we've been saying these are just our opinions I, I love to defend songs in general that doesn't mean that they're my favorite songs at all I, I, I like to debate about them that's true but it's our opinions in the end and you guys I'm sure you have controversial opinions about this album as well which is fine in the end there's something for everyone I think to be found oh yeah definitely uh, and I'm sure Juvet, my, my opinions on music are always controversial that's fine, I always though. kind of you, take a very left you, field that means that you know what you like I think it's one of those songs that kind of is one of those songs that as you go through life will probably be your yeah. maybe when I'm slightly older and stuff and I look maybe back maybe when I'll you're like, my oh, age no, that is really true <laughs> yeah yeah maybe when I'm Taylor's age maybe when I'm 32 you know what I mean yeah like, no oh, I definitely yeah. actually I, make you should have made those friendship bracelets you I know? was driving in the car and I was listening to this one and I was just like oh my god this is so beautiful and I don't Juvet know that is probably makes great me cast. Old, it, but... it's probably a great car song actually yeah so next I guess then is track six which is Midnight Rain which I love this song when it first started i was kind of oh because it kind of starts off with her kind of voice slightly distorted but i love this song so so much like it's just so cool and just kind of this kind of like slightly sultry dark i just love that this album is kind of more darker pop Mm, definitely you know it is it is it has elements of 1989 and reputation but in a kind of darker more mature kind of way Mm. you know what i mean i don't know i just both sonically and lyrically definitely Definitely, yeah, definitely. And I loved Mid- love, love, love Midnight Rain. Yes, What's your opinion? Same on this for me. Anyone who disrespects Midnight Rain can catch these hands because it is absolutely yeah. amazing. I absolutely love it. I know there's been people like, oh, I don't like the little distorted voice. No, the distorted to- voice oh, is amazing. It. That. the vocal effect that is put on it just makes the moment in which she actually sings that part just so much so much better so much sweeter like you get to it and you're like oh yes she sings it herself oh it's so good i i do love it i i could go on about this song for a long time i think this is the song like we were speaking about um where she looks back like where the midnights are obviously this is a a recent midnight but i think it's the one that looks back furthest in time which is something that we were discussing together and i love something that you brought up which was kind of like the parallels between this song and tis the damn season Mm, i think i think yeah and you also said about we were happy yes i think that it kind of you were gonna marry it's almost like yeah you were gonna marry it's like her kind of when she was back at home, the kind of picture perfect and, you know, this perfect town that for some people, that's perfect for them. That's a dream. That's what they want. They want to stay in this small town, kind of live this perfect kind of picture perfect postcard life. But she wanted fame. She wanted to move on. Mm. She didn't want to be a bride at that point. She saw her life as something more and then kind of moved on, chased fame and then is looking back on what her life could have been like. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, and then the kind of reference to even then pulling in things like you said with Dorothea of like he only thinks about me um when I'm on TV mm, a um, tiny screen is the only place I, just, I see you now yeah exactly yeah it's it's that kind of thing of like someone in a small town that decided to keep 
continue the small town life compared to someone that decided to go for the big city lights chase fame and i love midnight rain definitely um, i just absolutely love it and i think yeah people are like maybe i think there's a lot of discussion about what this is about midnight rain and personally for me i feel like it's definitely very reflective on like pre-fame taylor and i think you persuaded me heavily Mm. um because you said and i was like oh my god it opened my eyes and i was like yes it is like the way that she describes the perfect (laughs) town and that wasn't something that she wanted and then kind of you know i just love it i just love this Mm. song and this one is definitely one that's been on replay a lot like because now i'm moving into the phase with listening Mm. to this album of because originally it's all chronological i only listen to it chronologically that's how i'm listening to it that's how you're supposed to listen to it and then maybe after my like 20th play i'm like okay now we can start to shuffle and then when you shuffle that's when you realize what you're into because you're like oh no no no, i want to get to this track and Midnight oh, Rain okay. is one so that I'm is definitely repeated. not there yet. I have only oh, been listening not? in order at the moment. I haven't been going about. Oh, no, I'm in but... the shuffle. Wow, you're ahead. But um, I definitely have yeah. been going back to this one. Like, I go in order, and then some of them I'm like, oh, I want to get to the next one. And the next one is this one, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I definitely yeah. see I keep coming back to this one as well. My favorite lyric, a deep portal, time travel, all the love we unravel, and the life I gave away, like just seeing how fame has altered her life just the way that she she says that like what she could have had is just absolutely amazing yeah no i really really love the lyrics on this one okay so next is track seven and his question um and obviously question which is really interesting kind of interpolates or uses part of out of the woods with that yes. i remember at the start which first i want to kind of discuss about that because obviously taylor would not use the i remember from the mm. stolen version of out of the woods um so i'm guessing that is confirmed Mm. that out of the woods has been re-recorded because surely that's the taylor's version like i can't imagine that she would yeah that is very interesting that it seems like it is the re-recorded version that would be featured however jack and taylor are the only writers of out of the woods so they would be the only people that you'd have to consult with to be able to use out of the woods in another song so either way it kind of works either way using out of the woods very blatantly in this song like the i remember the ooze in the like in the background that's a brave choice because you're like pointing to who this song is about exactly yeah it's like is this uh this one is kind of slightly more clear maybe then of who this is referencing because obviously out of the woods is for a very specific relationship i can't believe Um, she just did that she literally just put i remember that honestly some of the stuff some of the stuff she does on this album i'm like for the person that for the last two three years has been very much like i'm gonna write fictional kind of stories so that people so that the tabloids don't write about my life um and then she's kind of like writing these very clear you know who this is about who that you know what i mean these yeah. very kind of i don't know a question and a couple of later ones especially the next song vigilante shit like that is just like oh she was not holding back um, good for her so, yeah, honestly like good oh for yeah 100 percent. go for it uh, people say enough stuff about her so she can say whatever the hell she likes about other people yeah i um, honestly and I quite... she never says anything horrid anyway no especially this song like there's nothing wrong about it so it's fine to blatantly no. call out who it's who it's about but honestly i do really love that about taylor like i love how she was you know prior to kind of having to dial it back just because the culture around her became so absolutely toxic I am. Mm. I, I always really did love how she would just blatantly drop a very specific lyric or a very specific reference. Me too. 
I because it makes the it really is di- like a reading a diary, and I find it so. Oh yeah. I don't and know, then it's so great by the fact that she makes it so more personal. It makes it more relatable because then it's weird, but it does. It's so personal that people, yeah, it's it's strange that yeah, the more personal her songs are, weirdly, the more relatable they are because it's like other people have experienced that and gone through similar things mm. with similar people. Mm. Um, but no, I love Question and Me upon too. first listen and re-listens, I really really love it. Again, I just quite like the way she says like, "Can I ask you a question? Have you ever had someone kiss you in a crowded room?" I don't know. It's just quite cool. I just the. A bit like with Midnight Rain, the kind of way her voice is and the production. Mm. Um, I just love it. This, again, there's something quite addictive about this song, and I keep going back to this one, definitely. I f- yeah, I do. I find that I keep going back to it. It's really spectacular. It has, it reflects the way that she writes is so good that obviously in this one it's much more purposeful, but the way that it, the themes that, you know, appear on it and the way that it's written is so reminiscent of 1989 that it works mm, so 100%. well like it works that it, it is a continuation in a way of that because you're reflecting upon that part of your life on a midnight where you're awake and you're like i wish i could just you know what just one thing though one more thing by the way <laughs> yeah can i just ask you one more question yeah, yeah. uh it's just so good the meteor strike oh the way that she's like re-going re through these themes that she has already explored but through these this different lens it's just so well done it's a more it's it's like looking back on it in a more, more mature mm. you know what i mean in definitely. a very kind of definitely more life experience more maturity and kind of being like oh, okay and th- i think that's what's so i'm loving about this album so much is that there is this element of growth mm. and you know telling these experiences from just more growth you know like with maroon it's just there's more life experience in comparison to the person that wrote red um mm. and it's just i just love that with these and i think question is a great and even with like you know midnight rain the fact that she can look back and be like yeah i didn't want that life and i walked away from it but yeah there was what nothing wrong with been. that life yeah. and i could have yeah what what would have happened if i had decided that actually that life was for me mm. so no it's interesting and i think question is a good and i think that's quite a recurring theme through midnights is this kind of growth and um, even with like you're on your own kid you know the fact that she's kind of looking back on her life and being like look you're on your own but you can do it like yeah. it's fine yeah, <laughs> you know definitely. so I, I really really love that and I think that's a recurring theme definitely mm. in Midnight's is this kind of like reminiscence um, but with a massive sense of maturity and way more life experience than the pe- person that originally wrote those songs you know when in terms of the midnight that it's referring to yeah and it's something that she's mentioned about that there is more space between certain things so she can re-explore them like I said uh, earlier on in this episode with a more kind of clearer head and mind and go through them not so much in that moment but reflecting upon that moment so yeah I definitely see what what you're getting at there and another interesting thing about this song in particular which again makes it very 99 esque is that there's a moment where she, you know in the last kind of chorus when she says um and 15 seconds later they're all clapping too and everyone claps claps yeah and the people who are clapping and doing the clapping are dylan o'brien jack antonoff taylor austin her brother and i was like this yeah is so 1989 where you literally can find taylor sampling her heartbeat and stomping on the yeah. floor to add stomping yeah like the, that little clapping part which is literally her clapping with her group of friends while they're recording is yeah. just so yeah just those little details made this heightened it even more yeah definitely that's really funny that that is definitely like the way that 989 was produced even though it's like this very pop heavy Mm. synth album 
a lot of the kind of sounds are very natural sounds that have been made in the studio with yeah, like you said, stomping and heartbeats. So yeah, that, I hadn't thought of that. So that's really funny that that's weirdly very kind of reminiscent of the 1989 album. Mm. Also, I love the the first appearance in the Taylor Swift musical universe, like the first official appearance of he who should not be named is to call him the dickhead guy. That's amazing. Like, here's your introduction <laughs> yes. to, the, to the musical universe. You're the dickhead guy in the story. Good. Yes. And what's quite interesting as well is the clean lyric of the dickhead lyric. Um, oh, no. Is just, I hate. In comparison Ooh. to Someone on the Beach, where I love the clean lyric over yeah. the um, explicit lyric, the replacement of dickhead in question is meathead which just is such a horrid it sounds so like american it sounds so like american film about a high school calling someone a meathead i don't know i oh that is such a horrid word i just cannot stand it um so i would definitely prefer to keep the explicit lyric um over meathead it's just oh it cringes me out i can't deal with it next track is vigilante shit and this one i think this one, weirdly, I think you said about this, is that this one is basically what people thought karma was going to be. Mm. Yeah, it's, and it really is. I was in shock. <laughs> First Catches listen, you off even guard. the opening lyric, <laughs> yeah, you know, draw the cat eyes sharp enough to kill a man, and then I was just kind of like, yes. oh my god. First listen, I was like, what? You did some this? bad things, but I'm the worst of them. The oh, worst of them. It was like it just gets better. reputation, ready for it, ready for it. I did something bad, Taylor. Yep. You know what I mean? It's yep. still alive and yep. she's in vigilante shit. Yeah, she got that character back out and she said, you know what? I've got more to say once again. I've got something else to say. Um, yeah. And she's she's right and for ta- that. Ta- Taylor said as well that like revenge was a theme on this album, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and like plotting revenge and wanting to get revenge. And I think vigilante shit is the like epitome of that. <laughs> and it's incredible. What were your kind of th- first thoughts and current thoughts and favourite lyrics? Okay, so first thoughts, mind blown, definitely. I think, like I said, it catches you off guard, or at least it caught me off guard, because I was waiting, I guess we all were waiting for karma to be what this is, like you mentioned. Mm. And then you get to this first, and you're like, wait, wait, but this isn't karma. I'm listening to, to, I'm not, and it's so good. Like, honestly, I love it. I love how, like, the choruses don't have the name of the song, and then you get to that last Mm. one. And And then it makes it more kind of distinct it almost it stands out more doesn't it, does. it by doing it like that yes i love that i love when artists do that and switch it up like she did with state of grace it's reminiscent obviously yeah. very different but reminiscent of that she does it as well in labyrinth in a different way but in this one you get that that last verse where she says you know i don't she switches up i don't dress for villains i don't dress for innocence i'm on my vigilante mm. shit again it's just so great yeah. it's so i love the beat it is- to it it makes you feel like like you're about to, I don't know, go go tell some crimes to the FBI. I don't know who's, FBI, whose crimes yeah. I'm telling. And then but yeah. the fact that the FBI even like tweeted about it, which I think is hilarious. Um, it's so cool. And then and then the like picture me thick of speech with, with the ex-wife, and then and then giving the ex-wife a letter that basically contains, you know, what I mean, all the evidence against their husband and mm. them, and then basically Taylor being the reason why they've split up and why the ex-wife is living her life now because she's got the kids, she's got the car, yep. you know, she's got the pride, and she's now dressing for revenge. And guess what? We're now best mates. I just it's love great. it. I think it's so. It is. And I just, I think we all kind of know whom that is referencing. Yeah, I think so. Which was a shock. 
I was slightly surprised. I mean, obviously, it um, is a very caricature-esque song. I, obviously, yeah. none of this really happened. I don't think. Uh, but um, You never know. You never know with Taylor. She is kind of you know, cracked. Mad Woman. Yeah, she is kind of cracked. You know, yeah. she, she laid it out. She laid it out in Mad Woman. That was enough evidence. That was the envelope. Honestly, you know honestly, I mean? it was. Oh, my God, you're right. But, um, I, yeah, I don't know, but... Uh, it's just her her best reputation era scheming taylor you yeah. know th- it's a solo right as well so you know ironically it's that she wrote it's more this. reputation than reputation. reputation it really is yeah it really is it, it's what everyone expected reputation to be um there are tinges of it in reputation of this character but no i think i love this character like i love her more oh, of her too. please uh it makes yes. you feel like so powerful listening to it definitely oh 100 and talking about clean versus explicit lyrics i love the rather than yes. the, when she says shit yeah. on the clean version she says like vigilante shh and it kind of like and it's fades. just this kind of mm. it's this almost like this like being hushed which is just gorgeous which is I great really because it really plays into like this is all hush hush this is me creeping in the shadows kind of you know yeah. i'm on i'm on my shh, you know so yeah i definitely yeah. do recommend to anyone who hasn't listened to the clean versions to give them a listen because some of them are heightened others aren't really but then it it gives you another perspective on the the swear words in the lyrics again with this one in the chorus though where it says i don't i don't start shit but i can tell you how it ends unfortunately she just says i don't start it but i can tell you how it ends which for me was kind of a downgrade but but the part that you said upgrade definitely it's just like so like hush hush oh yeah Mm. Okay, so the next track is Bejeweled. And again, on first listen, weirdly, these two synced into one for me. I don't know oh, why. Oh, wow, they're so different. From Vigilante <laughs> shit into Bejeweled. Yeah, I don't know. I think, because at first I was like, oh, what? And But now they are totally different, and I don't know why I felt like that. Right. Um, but I love Bejeweled. It feels very, this feels so 1989 for me. Like, it feels like a 1989 Vault track. Really? And the way that Taylor's kind of described, I don't know why, it just does. Like, I just, it just... It just feels like that final chorus. I guess Blitz and Glam. Just kind of has that style. You know, that kind of like, you know, that kind of like strutting, you know, with style. Right. The chorus has got that kind of strut. Right, right, right. Where even Taylor said that it's like perfect for a catwalk. So is Bejeweled, like that chorus. You can just imagine hmm. strutting down a catwalk. Hmm. Um, and I loved, I love this track. I really, really, really love it. It feels, I love that Taylor kind of has said that it, it was almost like about returning to pop music mm-hmm. and her kind of fears of like, oh my gosh, I've been in writing all these folk songs. I've been in this metaphorical words and now I'm about to do pop, but I can still do it. You know what I mean? I'm still mm-hmm. bejeweled. I can make pop music. You kidding? I, you know what I mean? I have the most awarded pop album in history. Like, of course you can do yeah, it, Taylor. You like, tell go for it. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Exactly. And bejeweled is the perfect, yeah, kind of return back. The MV made me love it even more. It's so good. Me too. I, I, I had an appreciation for it, but after listening to it, I really appreciated it even more. Oh, me too. The music video just heightened it 100%. Also, I agree there. Like, mm. I loved it, but the music video has made me be like, oh, no, this song's cool. Like, this song is cool. Right, right, yeah. And also, the way that she's just like, she's given us what she has described herself as a glitter pen, gel pen song. But then we get like a yes. lyric such as familiarity breeds contempt, which is like a play on um, absence makes the heart grow fonder, which is crazy. Yeah. Like who comes up with that and just places it in the middle of this kind of and then goes on to the metaphor. Don't put me in the basement when I want the penthouse of your heart. Penthouse of your heart. Yeah. And th- just in the middle of a song, just like that. 
And I'm like, yeah. oh. And also, I love talking about that lyric. I love the way she says it. Again, it has that kind of like aggression of yeah. the, Don't put me the in maroon the basement. bridge. Yeah. yeah. The penthouse. It's the way she says it. It's just like, yes, I want to be there, not here. Definitely. I just love it. But it's also so playful. It's such a it cool really song. plays into the yeah. glitter pen. You know, do you have a man? I don't remember. Uh, it it mm. really is. It's like what Gorgeous wants to be. Like it's Bejeweled is Bejeweled is like a step it's up. Like gorgeous, you know I mean? she's it injected like... something into her veins and she's gone out for the night. <laughs> exactly, it's it's so cool, and I think the music video is just perfect, absolutely perfect. It's a very feel good song, and the message whether it be relating to her coming back to pop, whether it be from escaping a relationship in which you feel like someone tolerates you and nothing more, it definitely makes you feel like, no, you know what? I am still, I'm going to shimmer still. I am capable. Mm. I can still do it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so next is Labyrinth. And so obviously Labyrinth, going from Bejeweled to Labyrinth was a little bit like, ooh, a bit of a shock. But how do you feel about Labyrinth? What was your Well, again, I'm ashamed to say at this point that at the beginning I was like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this one. But now it's like one of my favourites. Like when... Oh, I do love it, yeah. I feel like the the production in general on this album is so well done. And I've mentioned a few of the little standout bits and pieces for me. But when literally everything goes almost as if it was just like standing still everything pauses for that moment in which she's like so much stuff so many things are going on you're in a labyrinth it does feel like she's leading you down a labyrinth and then suddenly oh Mm. no i'm falling in love and i don't know it's just so good in between all of this that's going on i thought the plane was going down how would you turn it back around i'm sorry that gets to me every time it's so good no i do love i do love labyrinth definitely i love so, it's just I don't know yeah it's like I said I haven't really got like strong like I just like it you know what I mean yeah, it's like it's I haven't really got song. like a it's, oh, solid. it's just a good song this, I really like it it's a solid track this is the only one that I was thinking that maybe you would have replaced as a track five because of how laid bare things maybe, are maybe but I think I think to be fair I think maybe I've been harsh on your own on your own kid and I think it does deserve <laughs> it I think it does deserve yay I think I'm changing my, my mind my mission already. for today is complete yeah <laughs> I think and I think I've been really harsh on it I think I don't know. I think it just maybe wasn't. No, I think I was just initially like, oh, I that wasn't what I thought. Such a big and then felt, I and I think that's the snow thing with snow on the beach. It was like, oh, that wasn't what I thought, and then it was almost like, oh, this is it. They're both. Oh, they were both yeah. built up in different, very different ways, but they're both built up like mm. one was this. Amazing but you're on your own. Feature. Thinking about it, that final bridge and that is just it is gorgeous mm. and does feel so like big and ethereal and just like. And I've been seeing so many TikToks of people kind of putting videos of their life to it, and it, and I was thinking Aww. even the other day I was like, it, it's honestly I saw this like video the other day and I was like, oh my god, that is so cool. I wish I could put loads of videos of my life to this song. Um, oh, that so sounds I think, like yeah, a really cool trend. I've been harsh, um, kind of t- turning into that. People, it's almost like my TikToks tell me no you're gonna like this song stop being an idiot <laughs> um so no I, I i think yeah i've been harsh on it and i think it does deserve track five and i think it is a very good track five mm. and i've been harsh and after we finish recording this i'm gonna listen to it and i'm good. gonna appreciate it because i do like it and i think yeah labyrinth would be the only other replacement yeah, but i think, I think so. thinking about it you're on your own kid does fit perfectly especially with things like the archer and stuff like that mm. that um are more about a different kind of a diff- the other side of the track fives yeah you know, that's like, fine yeah I understand rather that than it's the kind of breakdown of a relationship of say tolerate it and all too right. well and dear John exactly it's kind of a more looking into yourself and the sadness of low self-loathing and stuff like that definitely and realising oh mm. I can do it yeah 
yeah. So no, yeah. But Which yeah, Labyrinth definitely lot. would have been a replacement. We get a lot in Labyrinth as well. And my favourite lyric. Oh, definitely, yeah. You know how much I hate that everybody just expects me to bounce back just like that. Which I think is so important for her to say, firstly. But also I know that there's been a lot of fans, shall we say, that sometimes go on about Taylor talking about this moment in her life that she is talking about 2016 this summer is the apocalypse and i know that there were some people like annoyed by the fact that she keeps revisiting it and i'm like why would you be annoyed by that this was literally one of the pinnacle moments in her life in which things 100 were just falling apart of course she's going to revisit it and the way that she can revisit it so many times in such different lights and showing you a different part of it each time is which is very vulnerable and scary to be doing to revisit such a moment i think i think what is so weird about that whole period is that obviously she was going through one of the worst times in terms of her career and stuff like that but then was falling in love yeah and it's such a it must have been so and i think that's why she revisits it because it's such a pinnacle moment it is in terms of like everything that was happening but also then everything that was also happening in her personal life with joe and you know the fact that that was when she kind of started was meeting him and you know that was when their relationship was developing and i think that yeah it's such a kind of key time and that year even though it was probably one of the worst of her life Mm. weirdly has kind of then if that didn't happen so many other positive things that have happened since right probably would have never happened you know the fact that she got to retake ownership of herself with the whole snake thing Mm. reputation and and at that point it was almost like well no one can say anything bad about me because guess what yeah i am the snake i've taken I've taken ownership of it and I've made millions out of it now. (laughs) So it's like, you know, and from that point onwards, she had so much more confidence, I think. Definitely. Stuff like that and just owning stuff and being like, yeah, whatever. If you want to call me a snake. Which. Who cares? (laughs) She did have a pressure around her, though, to just act as if she had bounced back. Like, oh, no, this doesn't faze me. Everything's fine. When obviously I'm glad that she is able to explore that. No, of course it fazed her. It would faze anyone. Can you imagine like everyone being out for your neck, out for blood? Seeming like the whole world hates you. Definitely, which was so unfair in in the start. But anyway, but yeah, I definitely think. And feeling so misunderstood because obviously at the time Mm. we were shown the whole reason for that was because of those videos which were edited. And only then years later have we found out. So imagine being knowing that that isn't the truth. Mm-hmm. Th- that that isn't the truth and it's like that's not what happened and then you can't prove otherwise because every time you've tried to say that's not the truth exactly you've been called a liar and then only years later i'm so glad that that full video came out yeah um and that and that people realize oh she was telling the truth the entire time because why lie <laughs> you know what I mean? exactly. it's like she's not a liar and i think this, um, this so conversation no. segues perfectly into our next track yes karma our next track which is was a shock because this is not mm-hmm. this feels like a lover track in a good it way does. yeah yeah yeah. um it feels like very kind of i think this probably is definitely in terms of the midnights in a lover in the yeah. lover era yeah. in terms of the midnight yeah and i love it though i think that it's actually cooler i think it's way cooler that it's not like a negative karma of like look what you made me do of kind of like i got mine but you're all gonna get yours it's almost like mm. you know what I'm actually living my life so exactly. well. I'm having a that great time. And that's karma. karma. Yeah, you're yeah. so right. I'm so glad that she did this. Honestly, I know everyone was Me expecting too. something else, but we got that in the form of vigilante shit. With we vigilante, really did. Vigilante, yeah. So I'm glad that this one is like, you know what? It's I'm so I'm so calm. Like I'm so I'm, I'm just out here vibing. Everything is cool because yeah. you you know, it's the epitome of your enemies will defeat themselves before you can even swing. 
So yeah, yeah exactly. It's yeah, definitely... it's, it's really cool. I really love this song. It's kind of very upbeat and fun. I was slightly taken back initially by the karma is my cat. I just love it, and it's just nice that it's like, aren't aren't you envious that your karma isn't just having a really nice life? Exactly. It, that is it. it. That is it. I, and honestly, mm. I get that. Like the cat, the cat. Cats don't really love everyone. So you've got to be a certain type of person for a cat to love you. Exactly, yeah. So again, even that kind of lyric that I know people have been kind of commenting on has a layer to it. But for me, the best part is probably the bridge and what comes after the bridge. Like firstly, she literally said, she literally said, ask me why so many fade, but I'm still here. Like she said that. Yeah, so I right thought that was that. quite brave because it's is like because yeah. it's true. It's I mean, like, yeah, come, of course. Like you know the the records that she's breaking with this album, the streaming numbers that she's reaching, Crazy. Is, it is unreal. Like, and I always just think back to like Miss Americana when she's like, "Oh, this is going to be the last time I'm going to be able to talk about success." And she's yeah, she couldn't have been more wrong. Like because she has been each album since then has just got more and more successful mm. um and it's just mental the numbers that this album is doing and and it's interesting that she is right because so many people once they hit a certain age and even taylor has recently said with um uh with jimmy fallon about how she is deemed a geriatric pop star but she's still here she's still doing her thing and and you know that's the karma at the end of the day that everyone yeah. predicted that her career was over back in 2016 yeah and now in 2022 here she is breaking you know, she's like massive records Sweet yeah, like and I, lo- I love this song yep yeah it's it is, so good it's such a cool it's such a cool and um, cool message i think to be like not to be vengeful about stuff and just let things happen and just enjoy yeah. the fact that actually your life is fine now yeah and that's what's better is just let karma do its thing and like you said is a reference i think to long story short yeah and it is interesting how she references so that a lot actually yeah um, i think this album is very self-referential it has a lot of mm. intertextuality with her previous works which taylor is very good at crafting and very good at doing which already goes to show the wealth of her discography just to be able to reference yourself i like how she makes these very specific references which give songs a whole new meaning and you can open up another door into something else like this one with mm. the long story short um kind of vibe that it gives not so much a... and, and then like i forgot that you existed it kind yeah it's back straight to that yeah that is so true what, what's quite interesting is that obviously everyone thought there's been this whole album theory hasn't there of mm. karma which i think yeah. the release of this is totally debunked yes i um, agree <laughs> like you know like yeah there might have been an album but it wasn't called karma and i don't think you know she's debunked that. i honestly but what really was don't think was there was an album like that is my personal <laughs> Yeah, I'm starting to feel that as well. What's interesting was that when she teased it, people thought, oh, this is one of the songs. You know, this is a a karma song. And obviously it is not. Which was a little bit of a shock because I think everyone went in with the idea Mm. where we've been constantly told, oh, karma, the lost album, you know. Taylor's Um, so brave for that. that She literally knew that a lot of people were going to listen to this song. And she literally said, karma is a cat. She's braver Karma's than I am. my boyfriend, Karma is a cat. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it was not what people expected. But no, I do really love Karma, God. and it's definitely one that I keep going back to. Mm. Um, a bit like Bejeweled. It's kind of the fun pop mm. side of the album. So next, uh, track 12 is Sweet Nothing. Oh. And this feels so folklore. So mm. it's nice to have a friend in the yes, best way possible. Yes, I wrote that down. I was um, like, it has the little trumpets. It's, it's nice to have a friend. Yeah. It's just lovely. It's just such a lovely track i really really like this one and it could fit quite perfectly on folklore um 
I just, it's just lovely. I just think it's it really just really is. nice. It's such a kind of... It really is a nice little love song. And honestly, for me, which we can discuss, but side A, side B, I'm counting Midnight Rain as a side B for this because from Midnight Rain onwards, I just feel like... I'm not saying like the top part of the album is bad. No way. But I just really love the run. Like uh, the run from Midnight Rain to Mastermind is just so good. And this mm. one, for me, one of my absolute favourites. You know I'm a sucker for a good love song. Um, yeah. The Domesticity of the Pebble. Does it miss Wicklow? Oh, oh my yeah, heart. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it. Yeah, that lyric is... So, that is gorgeous, that lyric. It really um, is. Yeah, that is such a lovely lyric. It's, it's it so is just, sweet. It's just... It, that's the thing. It's just such a nice song. You can't say anything bad about it because it's, it's there's nothing bad to say because it's just so lovely. You would be a horrid person to turn around and say that it's a horrid song because um, it's just lovely. Mm. I just really love it. Then we have in the bridge, she gives us the lovely polysyndeton of adding like these people and these people and this happening and that happening. And then, which I love when people do this in songs, you get all of that build mm. up. And then she says, like, I can admit I'm just too soft for it. And she kind too of whispers it. And it oh, yeah, it's that is so, such a lovely lyric when she's just, I'm just too soft for all of it. I'm just like, oh, like, that's all I can say. I'm just saying it's lovely over and William over again. William Bowery has my heart. Yes. <laughs> Once again. Yes. Yes. That is uh, interesting because I am um, have previously have absolutely just loved any song that Taylor and Joe write together. Mm -hmm. um, I think that Taylor obviously has, you know, we know is an incredible lyricist. I think Joe is pretty good himself. You know, oh, I don't know how yeah. much input he's having, but he is pretty good. Like the fact that he wrote basically the chorus of Betty, majority of Exile, especially the piano part. Mm. I do think for this one, he was and... probably a big influence on the piano as well, because oh, most definitely. of their songs together do seem to be based more around piano. And I, I think this one could have also originated. I'd love to hear a little backstory to it. I'd love that. Although I, I know how it came about, whether they went, what I'd like to know is because obviously with previous ones, especially folklore, um, probably not so much with, with the Evermore tracks, but with the folklore ones, it was almost like accidental that they wrote together. Yeah. Um, so I wonder if she went in knowing that she wanted to write with Joe and they sat down and wrote or whether it was again slightly accidental. Yeah, I'm so, yeah, feeling I would be it might have been about. once again a little bit of an accident. I, I just think they're very mm. creatively inclined, both of them in general. So, but either way, to be able to write this song together is just absolutely beautiful. I really, really love it. The little trumpets, the admission of I'm too soft mm. for it all, but you don't ask anything from me. Beautiful, mm. really beautiful. So the final track on the standard edition of Midnight's is Mastermind track 13. Mm -hmm. And this... What a way to end an album. Insane. I love... The... Obviously, it totally debunks the lovely thing of... Um, don't go there. Don't this, go to my you know, precious baby. It was baby all invisible. sewn together, and you know, and it was like, yeah, everything, you know, just fate happened, and we were pulled together. Whereas Taylor's turn around, is like, no, actually, what if I told you none of this was accidental? I planned it all. Which is so um, funny because it calls it. back to, I think he knows again. I am an architect. Yeah. I'm drawing up the plans, but then she's like, no, actually, yes. it's fate. And then she's like, actually, no, I go back to that. I was an architect. I did all of this. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, I just. I love but it. to be fair, the fact that there is still an element of fate with it because obviously, yeah. um, the fact that they ended up in the same, same room, room and stuff like that. Time. It's more that she was like, I want to be with on. you, and I'm going to make sure I'm going to be with you. Exactly. Yeah. Um, 
but I just love it. And then Taylor's description of how she said that kind of the verses are like this good superhero, and then they mm. wanted to make the chorus sound like this kind of villain creeping in. It of like, does, oh, it does sound like that. Because you get yeah, like the, ever since she... the planets and the fates, they align to assess the equation of you, which again, lyricism. And then suddenly yeah. the beat goes like, dun dun. What if I told yeah. you? What if I told you none of this was accidental? <laughs> yeah. I just love it. And then, and then the kind of final chorus of when it says like um like you know that i'm the master you, you, the grin and you know i'm the master i know is really cool. he just smiled he looked it. up grinning like a devil oh my gosh I can't. yeah 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 exactly every yeah time i did think that, that it's a end, reference yeah it is every time the end of this song like also the bridge is like suddenly devastating out of nowhere um, yeah, but then the end of this song, it just really gets to me. It's like he just smiles. yes, the bridge. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, the fact that she's like, yeah, Do no one ever wanted me. to play with me as a little kid. Yeah, so I've been scheming like a criminal to make ever them since. Love me, make it seem. But better. like the reason that I'm doing it is because I like you. You know what I mean? The reason I'm Machiavellian yeah, is uh, no, yeah, it's it is really sweet. I, I but I love this song. This one is again a constant replay. Yeah, like one hundred percent is really really cool and such a cool closer um even though obviously then we did get the 3 a.m crazy edition of Midnight, which was a shock <laughs> um because we'll it, it was not 3 a.m but... for me it was 8 a.m 8 after getting up at five I know. <laughs> um but yeah it was uh, this is such a cool i really really like i think the track listing brilliant on, uh midnights is perfect yeah honestly 100%. really well done especially me too. I think so. that's like i said i'm obsessed with the second half especially but the like sweet sweet nothing leading to this one is just such an amazing way to close the mm. album. Yeah. yeah, no, I really I do like the track listing on this album. And even though I'm in the shuffle stage, um, mm-hmm. I could quite easily listen to it track by track because I just really like the way that it's laid out. I think I just think I don't know it just works really well. I think that's always people's criticism of Lover and maybe why some people have issues with Lover is because they've always found the track listing a bit confusing maybe yeah, at times. It is a bit messy. Um because it is a little bit whiplash, little bit whiplash at points. Mm. But then I think Folklore and Evermore the track listing's perfect. Um other than maybe Evermore the start of Evermore I wouldn't have put Willow, but that's a discussion for another day. Yeah. Um <laughs> But I do think Master, um, not Masterminds, Midnight, sorry, is a perfect, perfect track list. I wouldn't change anything about I think I would totally keep it as it is. And now that we've got to the end, do we dare to give our kind of top five from the album? I think, I think to be fair, I could probably guess yours and I think you could probably guess mine. Probably I think we've been from quite clear we, on the ones we love. I think we're going yeah, to so coincide in a couple. I think a couple, yeah. I, then, I'm guessing a couple. Yeah. Yes, me too. So what is your top five are you going to give it in I'm not. top five of like this is my favorite this is my no i don't know, think i can level. because it's still i'm struggling okay. a lot if you can kudos to you because i'm struggling a lot i can give top okay but the rest probably mix about yeah. like, i don't really have like one standout favorite from this album every time i consume the album i'm listening to it start to finish or going through a specific group of three or four five songs which mm. i think is again so well planned out by taylor like she knew that this was an album that would be enjoyed so much more mm. as a full body of work but anyway work, so yeah. the, the five that i'm really really loving and between them i guess i can i guess i can i guess i can try but anyway the five in no particular mm. order first mastermind sweet nothing midnight rain question and labyrinth 
Interesting. Very romantic of me. Uh, and I really yes. do think probably Sweet Nothing is definitely Sweet Nothing and Midnight Rain. I I think they're fighting for the for the top spot, both of them. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. I think they're good picks. Really good picks. Mine mm-hmm. are very similar. So, but my top okay. is Maroon. Oh wow! I just lo- it's that bridge. That bridge just has a chokehold over me. Yeah. Like, Every time I listen to that song, I just can't get off the bridge. Like I just go back and go back and go back and go back. And we're go- like I'm obsessed in an unhealthy way with that bridge. So yeah, it's maroon. The rest are probably in a different order, like mm. not in you know order. Um, but Mastermind is another one of my favourites. Midnight Rain, mm-hmm. Question, mm-hmm. and Antihero. They're my other okay. Um, kind of the dark, the darker poppy ones are the ones I'm really kind of yeah drawn to. So we had three. We coincided. Uh, on three songs mastermind yes. midnight rain and um in question. In question yeah that's cool that's good and then obviously i've gone for more of like the romantic ones and you've gone for more of the yeah. excruciating ones which is very trademark yeah, yeah. Us. oh uh, oh yeah it's very me always the sadder the better you know what i mean rip my heart out shred it up and then put it back in and then rip it back out again yeah. that's what i want you know yeah I'm, I'm the other way around like please tell me a little story about a pebble please i love that yeah yeah exactly yeah <laughs> so yeah that's that's great picks though again but Honestly, I don't think you can go wrong with any combination of picks from this album. No, it's a very 100%. solid body of work. And to be fair, in five months' time, it I might think, change. To be fair, my opinion will probably change because mm, Folk on Evermore, one hundred. Even oh, recently, mm. I the day before Midnight came out, I listened to Evermore and I was like, "Oh my god, this album is insane!" Like, it really is. Like I knew it was incredible anyway, but it was like it re-listening to it. I was just like, "Gosh!" And then it was like, "Actually, I don't think that is my favorite song anymore. I think this one is." you know so i think yeah in a couple of months it'll probably change again but i think maroon is kind of in definitely has kind of got a solid spot number one at the moment because i just can't get off of that Mm. that bridge i'm obsessed absolutely obsessed either way now you know our favorites let us know your favorites in the comments on our youtube video we will be very interested to see you know some controversial opinions some songs that perhaps we overlooked and you guys really want to defend And something very interesting that I'm sure is going to happen is that these top five songs are going to be shaken up by the 3AM and Deluxe Edition songs. Oh, 100%. 100%. Which, that episode is coming, and I I think it's going to shake things up, definitely. Oh, yeah, those 3AM tracks were a shock, and majority of them belong on the standard edition of Midnight, and could definitely take a couple of places even though the thing is everything's so good that's the problem it's like everything's such a high quality you don't want to get so hard yeah i couldn't imagine how hard it is for her to pick because it's like everything's such a good quality that it's like when you say oh no that one's better than that one Mm. but the one that it's replaced or the one that would you know i mean it would remove out of my top five deserves to be in top five just as much you know it's like everything is just top quality lyrics sound sonic everything it's just perfect this album is really really like top tier i'm very like very impressed Mm. Um, yeah it's just really good um and yeah the 3am tracks were definitely not a letdown they were quite the opposite so now i'm very excited to rank those discuss those and i think yeah they would definitely shift about 
a couple of my top fives because there's some favourites in there. And I hope that we get a physical because I feel like we're almost missing part of the album on the physical I know. Um, CDs and vinyl. I do hope we do. I'm like, where's some of those tracks? I hope we do. We've now come to the end of this episode. We hope you enjoyed. If you did, make sure to like and subscribe, especially if you'd like to hear our reactions to the 3am songs from Midnight's. Um, if you did enjoy, also make sure that you follow us over on our Instagram, which is at Swiftly Spoken Podcast.